it's time we reimagine what mental health treatment and support for people with type 1 diabetes looks like. For all too long, we've had this idea in our head that in order to get treatment, you have to come to a therapist's office, sit down, talk for an hour, leave, and then come back the next week and do it all over again. But I think we recognize a couple different things. The first is not everyone needs mental health treatment in the traditional sense. And second of all, even those that do don't have access to it because there's not enough therapists out there who really get type 1 diabetes. So it's time we reimagine how we really provide the support that people with type 1 diabetes need so it's accessible to everyone who needs it. Welcome to the Diabetes Psychologist Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Mark Heyman, and I invite you to join us as we talk candidly about the emotional challenges of living with type 1 diabetes. We'll give you actionable strategies to help you face these challenges head on, reduce your stress, and most importantly, live a full life without letting diabetes get in the way. Hey there, a quick question for you. Does type 1 diabetes make you feel stuck? Do you feel like type 1 limits you and makes it harder to do the things that you want to do? If so, I have a free guide that can help you get unstuck and become more flexible in your life with type 1 diabetes. To download your free copy, go to www.thediabetespsychologist.com backslash get unstuck. That's thediabetespsychologist.com backslash get unstuck. And be sure to follow me on Instagram at The Diabetes Psychologist for access to even more exclusive content. Hey there, welcome to The Diabetes Psychologist podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Mark Heyman. Before we dive in today, I want to let you know that I read every email and every review that comes in about this podcast. The feedback that you guys give me is so helpful for me to be able to give you the support that you need in living with type 1 diabetes. And without the feedback that you give me, I'm kind of flying blind. So please keep that feedback coming. Also, I want to share with you a review that I got a couple weeks ago on Apple Podcasts. Juliet said, just by listening to this first episode, I discovered that I was clearly not alone in the diabetes fight. The real life experiences that are spoken about hit close to home and give me that reassurance that I need while dealing with the daily struggles of diabetes. If you have type 1, this podcast is a must listen to and you will not regret it. Julia, thank you so much for that feedback and for that review. I really appreciate it. And if you haven't done so already, I would really appreciate it if you would take a minute and go to Apple Podcasts and leave a five-star rating and review. Not only does this feedback help me give you more of what you need, but it also helps other people with type 1 diabetes learn about and get access to this podcast. With your support, a lot more people can really benefit from this podcast. Thank you for all the support and feedback you give me about this podcast. I so appreciate it. I have been providing mental health treatment to people with type 1 diabetes for almost 10 years now. And I have to tell you how much I love the work that I do. It's so much fun, and I feel like I make such a difference in people's lives. And over the years, I've worked with hundreds of people with type 1 diabetes, helping them navigate a variety of challenges that they're having around living with type 1 diabetes. Living with type 1 diabetes is stressful sometimes, and there's no way around that. And so having support in order to navigate the challenges, I think is essential. In my work, I've also come to another conclusion, or maybe it's a hypothesis more than a conclusion. But here's my hypothesis. If we have 100 people with type 1 diabetes, 
there may be, I don't know, two or three of them who really need to see me, a therapist who understands diabetes. But I would say that of the 96 people who don't need to see me, 95, 94 of them need something. They don't need diabetes-specific therapy, but they need something. So recently, I've been thinking a lot about what people with diabetes actually need and how do we, as mental health professionals and, and as a diabetes community, give people with diabetes the support that they need so they can deal with the emotional and mental health challenges that diabetes throws their way? So on today's episode of the Diabetes Psychologist podcast, I really want to dive in with you about my way of thinking about this, about my way of thinking about what are the things that people with diabetes need, and also some ideas about how people with diabetes can get mental health support and treatment without having to see a psychologist. Now, I'm not saying that my ideas are right or that they're the best ones, but they're coming from my experience as a mental health professional who spends his time seeing people with type 1 diabetes. I would love to hear your feedback about my ideas so we can provide you with the support that you need in dealing with the stress of living with type 1 diabetes. This is a collaborative effort, and I want you part of this discussion. Before we can talk about how to provide services to people with diabetes to help them to deal with stress, we have to take a step back here first and talk about what is it that people with diabetes actually need. We need to let the outcome drive the process rather than the process drive the outcome. People don't come to see me as a therapist because they want therapy. They come to see me as a therapist because they're looking for an outcome. They're looking to be somewhere different than they are right now. People are looking for a transformation. And I want to give you some thoughts about what the transformation that people with diabetes oftentimes are looking for. Once we have an idea about what those things are, it'll be much easier to think about how do we provide people those things, those services, that support in an effective way. But we can't do it without understanding what are the needs and what are the outcomes people really are looking for. I think at the most basic level, people want to know that what they're experiencing is normal and that they're not unusual or weird or different because they're experiencing these challenges. We all know that living with type 1 diabetes is stressful, but I think oftentimes we have this vision that others with type 1 have it much easier than we do. Everyone else is handling the stress so much better than we are, or that no one else has the same type of stress that we have. That somehow you are all alone in your experience living with diabetes. So a big part of my work is helping people to understand that what they're experiencing, even if it's not comfortable, or especially when it's not comfortable or fun, is not unusual for people with diabetes. And when they're able to understand that and say, wow, my experience is very similar to the experience of other people with diabetes, it doesn't make the challenge that they're having any less of a challenge, but it makes it easier to wrap their head around and makes it easier for them to take steps forward to make changes so that that challenge isn't as big of a barrier for them anymore. So feeling normal in your experience with type 1 diabetes is what many people are looking for. Knowing that their experience is very similar to other people with diabetes and that other people in their shoes feel the same way. The second thing people are looking for are what I call tools or problem-solving skills. 
In my intake paperwork, I always ask people what they're looking for and what they're hoping to get out of therapy. And more often than not, they say, I'm looking for tools to be able to deal with the stress. I'm looking for better tools to be able to deal with the challenges when they come up. And at the basis of those, I would say that those are problem-solving skills. Diabetes requires a lot of complex thinking and problem-solving every day. And when you don't have skills to be able to make those decisions and solve those problems and kind of manage that stress, it can really feel overwhelming. You start to feel helpless and the emotional burden of type 1 just piles on and gets even more difficult. What people are really looking for is the ability to learn problem-solving skills, both around their diabetes, but also around their stress, so they can better manage their stress and better manage their diabetes so it's a less stressful experience. Problem-solving skills give people the confidence that they need to be able to manage type 1 diabetes and manage the stress around type 1 diabetes effectively. On that same note, people are also looking for stress management skills. I think most people recognize that diabetes is stressful. At least they recognize it's stressful for them. And they recognize that the work involved in diabetes on a daily basis, as well as the frustration due to the unpredictability of blood sugars and, you know, never know how how you're going to feel. And also the burnout can, you know, become a lot to handle. And so developing skills around problem solving and around stress management are extremely important. And that's what people are looking for. What people are looking for is the ability to manage the stress of diabetes. They recognize that the stress is going to happen, but they also realize that they may not have the skills that they need to effectively manage that stress. And so they're looking for those skills. And the last thing that I've identified that people with type 1 diabetes are looking for is social support. And this goes back to the normalization People with diabetes want to have people in their lives who can support them, but also who get them, who understand what they're going through and can empathize with them in a very real way. They want someone who understands the language of diabetes, who can talk to them on their own terms and know when they say, I had a low last night, that they know exactly what that means. There's no explanation needed. That social support is so critical. One question that I ask every patient who comes in to see me is, who do you know who has diabetes, who can support you? And more often than not, I am the first person that they've ever met or met in a long time who has type 1 diabetes. So we usually talk a lot about how we can get them involved in the diabetes community in some way so that they can have that support from other people who are like them and who get them and who they can lean on when they need it. What people with type 1 diabetes are looking for is to feel like diabetes doesn't hold them back, to be able to live well with type 1 diabetes without feeling stuck, without feeling like the stress of diabetes is keeping them stuck and holding them back from living a full and flexible life. And looking at what these outcomes are and how we can achieve them, I think that there's some really good news here. That good news is that for a lot of these challenges and a lot of these outcomes that we're looking for, we already have a lot of really great resources out there that people are using. And so what I'm gonna challenge you to do is to reconceptualize what these resources are. They're not just books, they're not just blogs, but they are mental health support and possibly even mental health treatment. And I wanna dive in to each one of these outcomes individually and talk through where I see the current resources as well as the opportunities, but I think that we're in a really good place. 
However, I also think there are some opportunities that we need to take advantage of. Opportunities for providing more scalable support and resources from a professional level. So I want to give you a sneak peek into some things I'm working on right now that can all, that will also go a long way to address these challenges and get people with type 1 diabetes to the outcomes that they need without having to see a therapist on a weekly basis. But before I share with you what I'm working on, I want to talk about the resources out there that already exist to address many of these challenges. So let's start with them one by one. First of all, normalization. There are lots of resources out there to help people with type 1 diabetes know that they're not alone in their experience. I hope that this podcast is actually one of them. I hope that listening to this podcast, listening to me talk and tell stories, as well as listening to some of my guest talk, has given you a sense that what you're dealing with and the stress you're experiencing with diabetes is normal and is a normal reaction to the stress that is living with type 1 diabetes. Social media is also a really great resource for normalizing the experience of living with type 1 diabetes. While I know that for some people and for in some areas, social media can be a toxic place for people with diabetes and, and can really kind of provide some scary information, I think there are other sectors of the social media ecosystem that can be really helpful in normalizing the experience of living with diabetes and also connecting you with others who are having similar experiences. I like to tell people that even if you're a lurker, even if you never actually post on social media, but you just consume the information there, that is actually a really helpful way to experience this normalization that you're looking for. Certainly, having the interactions is taking it to the next level. But for, I think, at the at a, at a very basic level, just having the ability to scroll through and see what people are experiencing is really a really powerful tool that you have available to you. And then, of course, if you have the opportunity, either through social media or in real life, meeting other people with type 1 diabetes and really sharing your experiences there. And I think that there's a misconception that when people with diabetes meet each other, that all they talk about is diabetes. And that's actually not true. In my experience, what happens is, you know, we have diabetes, but and so that's always kind of in the back of our heads. We talk about life, but we talk about life through the lens of diabetes, which is a perspective that we don't get very often. And so talking about our hobbies and our work, even if the word diabetes never comes out of our mouth, it's always kind of there in the background and that it normalizes the experience of being in those different environments with diabetes by talking to other people with diabetes who have experienced the same thing. The next outcome is problem solving skills. And again, I think there are lots of ways that people can gain problem solving skills. I think that having a really good understanding about what diabetes is, how it's managed, and what may be causing some of the challenges that you're having with your blood sugars can go a really long way to reducing your stress. Um, so whether that means working with a certified diabetes care and education specialist, whether that means reading some books about diabetes, or even working with a diabetes coach, there are lots of great ways to learn problem-solving skills. Um, some books that I recommend around diabetes uh, problem-solving are Think Like a Pancreas is a great one, and also Bright Spots and Landmines, and both of them are readily available on Amazon. Also, there are lots of great digital coaching services out there that provide really good diabetes education and problem-solving skills that you can access for a very low cost. On that same note, people are looking for stress management skills. And there are lots of ways to access those as well. 
I think one of the best ones is connecting with other people with diabetes. Again, it's, it's that social support connection. But when you connect with other people with diabetes and you hear about what's working for them in managing their stress, that gives you some really great clues as to what might help you. Because someone who has experienced the same stress as you have and has gone before you and has paved the way can give you some really good guidance about how to navigate the challenges that diabetes is going to throw your way, which are going to be stressful. So connecting with others with diabetes and hearing about what works for them, whether that's on social media, whether that's on a blog, or whether that's in person, I think is a super helpful strategy that you can use in order to really develop those diabetes-specific stress management skills. And finally, social support and support from other people who have diabetes. Diabetes should never be a do-it-yourself condition. And we all know that the emotional burden of type 1 you know, gets even greater when you feel alone in your struggles. So having ways to find support is a critical part of your mental health needs as a person with diabetes. So where do you find that support? There are lots of great organizations out there that you can find support both in person or virtually. JDRF is a great one. JDRF generally has meetups in local areas. Um, and there are also some national organizations like Taking Control of Your Diabetes, uh, Children with Diabetes, and the College Diabetes Network, which have both in-person support and they also have online resources that you can access to find support um, in your local area or online. Also, websites and apps like Beyond Type 1 and 2 Diabetes are great places for you to get support from other people who have type 1 diabetes. But no matter what, I would really encourage you to find ways to find that support. In my opinion, it's the most critical, but also the most effective way to help you to deal with and navigate the stress of living with diabetes. Having others who get you, who can support you, and to and who can be with you on that path is so important. I also want to be really careful here that I'm not sending the wrong message because there are certainly some people and some challenges that really require and could benefit from therapy, from a mental health professional who understands diabetes. And I want to take a moment to talk about how would you know whether or not you need therapy or whether you need something else, like some of the things we've been talking about today. Therapy is really most appropriate for people who have you know, emotional health challenges around diabetes that are negatively impacting their work and their relationships and their ability to manage diabetes, and that they're having trouble dealing with on their own. Therapy is really most appropriate for people with type 1 diabetes who are having mental health challenges that are having a really negative impact on their work, their relationships, and their ability to manage their diabetes. So when it's more than just stress and more than just a burden, but it's really getting in their way of their life and their ability to function in the world, that is where therapy can be really effective. So for example, for people who have a fear of low blood sugar or people who are manipulating insulin in order to lose weight, the things we talked about before on this podcast, these are great examples of challenges that are not going to be best addressed by the strategies we've talked about so far in this episode. Other examples may be things like you know having extreme guilt and shame around diabetes or struggling to accept that diabetes is not part of your life. When you have these experiences and you're having trouble dealing with them on your own, you've, you've, you've sought out support, you've implemented stress management strategies, and you're still having trouble in your life around these things, then therapy is probably an appropriate next step. People who are feeling 
stuck with the daily stress of diabetes and they're just feeling like diabetes is a burden that they don't want to deal with, I think a lot of these other strategies can be really helpful. And it can give people the freedom and the confidence that they need, that the support and the resources that they need are available and readily accessible to them without having to find a therapist who gets diabetes. So on that note, I want to give you a preview of some projects I'm working on that go beyond therapy that can provide you the skills and support that you need in order to live a free and flexible life with diabetes, even if it's stressful sometimes. In the next couple of months, I'm going to be releasing a digital program, which is going to be your roadmap to helping you to navigate the stress of diabetes and to help you get unstuck so diabetes doesn't hold you back from living the life that you want. The program is going to have lots of tools and resources and guidance similar to the guidance that I've given my patients over the course of the past 10 years, things that I know work that help people to get unstuck and to be able to live a full life without diabetes getting in the way. And so I want to give you a heads up this is happening because I'm going to be talking a lot more about this over the next couple of months on this podcast. And I want you to get excited about it because I think it's going to be revolutionary in us reimagining what mental health support for people with diabetes looks like. You know, we have lots of great tools and we have lots of great resources already. And I would really encourage you to continue using them. If you're looking for something more, but you don't need therapy, I have something for you. And I'm looking forward to being able to share more details about what I'm working on really soon. So stay tuned. That does it for this episode of the Diabetes Psychologist podcast. Again, if you have a chance, please go rate and review this podcast on Apple Podcasts. It would so help me to get the word out to other people. Also, I would love to hear your feedback about what we talked about on this podcast. Is what I talked about what you're looking for in terms of thinking about diabetes and mental health beyond therapy? I sure hope so, but I want to hear from you. So please send me an email at mark at thediabetespsychologist.com or DM me on Instagram at the Diabetes Psychologist. I read all my emails and DMs and respond as many as I can. So please let me know what you have to say. I would love to hear it. Be sure to tune in next Thursday for an all new episode of the Diabetes Psychologist podcast. And until then, remember that type 1 diabetes may not be easy, but you can have an easier time with it. Thanks so much for listening. For more resources, you can visit www thediabetespsychologist.com and be sure to sign up for the email list for access to exclusive content. I'm Dr. Mark Heyman and tune in next time for the latest episode of the Diabetes Psychologist podcast. Podcast.